Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. This, of course, is Jesus speaking to this church. He says, I know thy works, and thy labors, and thy patience, and how thou cannot bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them, which say that they are apostles, and are not, and has found them to be liars, and has borne, and has endured, and has patience, and for my name's sake thou hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have something against you, because that thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works. Or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. The Ephesian church that Jesus was addressing, they had the right doctrine. They had the right works. They had the right faith. They had the right discernment, the right endurance, but they had lost the right order of importance. You see, they loved the Lord and they loved the people. They loved the truth and they loved to do the work of the kingdom. Yet Jesus still had something against them. Why? Because that the priority of these things had gotten messed up. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 22 that the first and greatest commandment is to love God with all of our heart and that the second is to love others. The first has priority over the second. Ephesus's problem was that they had begun to show more love to people than to God. They were good servants to the masses, but not good brides to Jesus. Remember that it was to the church of Ephesus that Paul had given the message about the mystery of the church being the bride and he warned them with tears, saying that after he was gone, there would be those who would come in among them and cause many to fall away from their faithfulness and steadfastness. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, Jesus was asked a question saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is likened unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. 
So you see that Jesus speaks it very plainly, and he gives us the hierarchy, the order, the priority that these things should have in our hearts and in our ministries. When the role of ministering to the people becomes more of a priority than ministering to the Lord, the enemy will get in with distractions, snares, seductions, exhaustion, compromise, tactics of ungodly agreements and confusion. The enemy will infiltrate and cause you to cheat on your spiritual husband, which of course is Jesus, removing his blessing, protection, provision, and anointing. And you won't even see it happening. Like Samson, you will be wearied and fall asleep in the lap of the enemy thinking that you are doing a good thing. Then when you least expect it, you'll be caught unaware, unprepared, and unanointed in a moment of crisis. And when you should have had your greatest victory, you will be overtaken by the enemy. In Judges chapter 16, verse 20, we read, and she, being Delilah, said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at the other times before, and I will shake myself. And he did not even know that the Lord had departed from him. So that the Philistines took him, and they put out his eyes, lost his vision and brought him down to Gaza, and bound him in fetters of brass, chains of bondage. And he did grind in the prison house. When I read this, I see it happening in my mind, and it is quite a terrible sight that this once mighty and anointed man of God jumps up out of a slumber in a moment when the enemy is rushing in, fully expecting this to be one of his most victorious moments. He stands up and does what he did before, but nothing, no strength, no power, no anointing. The candlestick has been removed. Just like in Revelations chapter 2, verse 5, Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. And do the first work, or else I will come unto you quickly and remove the candlestick out of his place, except you repent. This is a warning, church, come back to the first love, giving your full heart's attention to Jesus. Get out of the lap of Delilah and return unto your first love. And you will have the promise of Jeremiah 29, 11, when he tells us that, For I know the thoughts that I have toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end, the one that he planned and desired for you. Then ye shall call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you when you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me, with all of your heart. Remember that Samson's strength did return to him when he repented and called upon the Lord. But first he had to be separated from Delilah 
from that other thing that had his heart. Oh, he thought he could save the Philistine. In fact, that was the purpose of their positioning, was to be an influence to the culture. But the culture began to influence him more than he influenced it because he lost his first love. He wasn't spending his time in the Word of God. He gave all of his attention to those around him. And it was the downfall of his anointing. My friend, this tactic is very cunning and very prevalent in ministry. The devil doesn't have to get you to stop what you are doing. He just simply gets you to change the priority of the parts of it. Too much focus on the physical, not enough time. If you keep giving out your fruit without making sure that you're still abiding in the root, you're going to dry up, you're going to run out, you're going to be fruitless. Come back to the first love, the love of God, above all else and all others. Get your priorities right. God will restore your spiritual sight. Because ministry unto the Lord will always be your highest ministry and calling. He will minister to others through you in the proper time and season. Like Samson, when the anointing came upon him, it wasn't his own strength that brought the victories. So give God your whole heart your focus, your time, your will, and your attention. Even if others don't like it, rail, slander, accuse, or come against you for it. Delilah is not gonna like it if you get up out of her lap and go sit in the prayer closet. But my friend, by the Spirit of the Lord, I'm telling you today, you have got to do it. Love God first. And the work that is done second will be blessed and anointed and will bear fruit in the earth and in heaven. Honor the first and greatest commandment and the rest will fall in line after it or skip it. And you won't be able to fulfill any of them. Jesus himself tells us this in John chapter 15, verse 5, that I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And of course we know from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, that the very first fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. First is love towards our first love, Jesus. And once we're connected to the root and allowing that to flow through and be produced, then all of the rest will follow after it. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And all of these things will you then have to distribute to the brethren so that we see that we really truly can't love them unless we first love him. So today, 
we repent. Father, we come before you humbly. We fix our eyes and our heart fully on you, Lord. We give you all of our attention and adoration. We remember today that ministry unto you is the highest and utmost calling that anyone could attain to. Lord, we love you. We give you all praise and adoration. We come before you today with humble thanksgiving for everything that you have done for us. Oh, you are worthy of our praises. And Lord, if you do not one more thing, as long as we live, you have done enough. You were willing to come, to walk among men, to leave the majesty of heaven, to be despised and rejected, to be battered and bruised and spat upon, pierced and crucified for our transgressions. No one else has done that for us, nor can anything ever compare to the majesty of who you are. We thank you, Lord. We give you our whole heart. We love you because you first loved us. You loved us when no one else truly did. You are faithful and you will be faithful to the end. You're the only safe hug we've ever known. You are our Redeemer, Bridegroom. And there's nothing you want more than for us to open up that door and invite you in to come and sit and sup and fellowship. Oh, forgive us for forgetting this great gift that we've been given, the ability to be reunited with our God and our King, to talk with Him personally, to have communion. There's no safer place to be. There's no other way to attain what we need. There's no other means by which we might receive revelation, impartation, gifting, maturing in the spirit or the anointing. In fact, we won't have anything because if we don't love you first and with our whole heart, then we will cease to abide. And if we are not abiding, then we are drying up and dying and we will eventually be cut off and cast into the fire. Oh Lord, you are glorified in that we produce much fruit, but we cannot produce those fruits unless we abide in the root. We cannot love others unless we first love you. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.